welcome to another edition of Cashing Out with Brock Landers, a New Jersey sports betting podcast. I'm your host, Brock Landers. Hit me up on Twitter at BrockLanders41. Well, we make our triumphant return to the show. It's been a long two-week hiatus. Uh, I guess we'll recap first uh, what's been going on here just get rid of some housekeeping stuff real quick uh we'll transition into some new jersey sports betting stuff just real quick also we'll update you on that front and then from there we're going to get into nfl week three games uh i'm going to cover every game for you and just kind of go about how i look for um games to pick out on sundays and mondays uh sometimes thursdays but that's very rare um but yeah We'll get right into it. Um, I'm probably going to just freewheel this show. I have no guest or anything like that. Um, also, too, I want to get it out to you guys. So if I slip up, I'm just going to keep going. Uh, I'm just going to do this pretty much in one long take. Um, so please, you'll probably notice some slip-ups, uh, maybe some uninterrupted noises, but just really want to get this out there because I have had people um, hitting me up on Twitter, uh, even some text messages where's the show you had such good guests what's going on and yeah i'll just address that first right off the bat um i did have a different format for what i was going to try to go for with football this year wanted to do two shows a week i wanted to start one uh every monday and i know it's kind of cliche and kind of uh you know boring because everybody else does it but I think it's the best thing to do when handicapping the NFL, and that's doing a guessing line show. Um, I was going to have a friend of mine kind of just go over each game. I would throw out a line that I made for the game and just see if we could find any type of value. Um, But with traveling, uh, different work schedules, uh, it just wasn't working out. We gave it a whirl, and um, at the end of the day, if I was working late, or if I wasn't around, I wouldn't have time to edit it. Or when he would be around, I wouldn't be around. So it, it kind of was a, a little bit of a hit to the show. And I, I believe me, I didn't plan on taking two weeks off. But I'm just kind of going back to the drawing board here. Um, I kind of kicked around the idea of maybe bringing in one different guest every week and just going over like three or four games. Um, that's still kind of up in the air right now as far as that's concerned. Um Again, too, uh, it's tough doing an NFL podcast, um, not so much because it's there's games every day. That's the good part about it. You have the games you know, a week ahead, basically, and you have all week to prepare for them and really try to isolate what games you're looking for. But a lot of the times, too, a lot of games will move uh, the day of. So I was kind of looking more into maybe releasing the show now during football seasons on a Saturday night or an early Sunday morning, just to kind of get you an idea of where lines have been going, where they might go, um, if any big moves were made or anything like that. Um, So again, kind of just going to be trial and error here. I'll be honest with you guys. Um, Again, it makes for a better show if I can get somebody on here every week, but it is football season and people are always very busy um, as far as doing their own handicapping and and what have you. Um, But again, I'll try to get as much info as I can to you guys uh, via the podcast. And also make sure that you're following me at Twitter. Um, I'm sorry, at Brocklanders on Twitter. Brocklanders41, that is. See, I'm out of my my game already. I'm already plugging myself, and I can't even give you my username the right way. But 
when it comes to Saturday nights, Sundays, I'm always tweeting out uh, things that I like. Also, too, what I've been doing this year, um, I've been sending out uh, usually every Friday night or Saturday morning, um, or if I see somebody tweet about it, but um, Super Contest. I've been given my Super Contest plays. Uh, I don't have a single entry in it for myself, but I will let you guys know I do have a shared entry uh, with four other guys. Um, and we've been submitting picks, and currently right now we're sitting at, I believe it's 5-5. Five and five. Um, So we're going into week 3 pretty much right now uh, at that 50% mark. So with that being said, um, again, if you have any um, interest in getting some picks that I may release, if I don't do a show, um, just follow me on Twitter at BrockLanders41. And as always, I'm here to answer any questions that you might have. Feel free to DM me, and uh, I'll be happy to, uh, to talk with you. So first, uh, let's just switch now to um, New Jersey sports betting. Uh, we've got a lot of stuff that's happened in the last two or three weeks. Um, Ocean uh, down in Atlantic City, uh, they completely renovated their sports book. It's finally up and running. Looks phenomenal. I was there in the early stages of it when they were still under construction. However, that has been finished now. Uh, Monmouth Park just got some uh, new, new TVs uh, installed, a big large screen TV uh, that takes up pretty much the entire wall when you get there. Um, and the other big news was FanDuel. FanDuel at the Meadowlands, uh, completely renovated. Um, they're ready to rock and roll. They got the app out. Uh, so now there's multiple apps in New Jersey that you can use to sports bet, uh, which is good. FanDuel's lines getting a little bit better, um, you know, still not the greatest you're going to get, but they are making some improvements I've seen. Um, but the biggest story this week, and I'm just going to touch on it briefly, uh, is what happened last Sunday in week two. Um, and I'll, I'll get into my version of the story because it was pretty funny how the story broke to me before it even was a story. Um, so if you haven't heard there was a better, and I'll start with him first. There was a better who was at the FanDuel Meadowland Sportsbook. And I believe it was in the fourth quarter, a couple minutes left in the game, he decided to live bet the Denver Broncos. Uh, they were losing at the time to the Raiders, but were driving, I believe, on the game-winning drive. And the guy just simply went up there to the window, uh, put down 100 bucks said give me denver broncos live the teller ticket writer prints out the ticket hands it to him he gets it back 110 dollars to win eighty-two thousand dollars. now clearly this was a misprint um live betting you are going to get great numbers especially when you're down with not a lot of time left but they're not going to be that great of a payout believe me a hundred dollars to win a uh, hundred uh, to win eighty-two thousand dollars. That's just unheard of. So obviously, if you were following that game, I was. I was on the Oakland money line and the, with the points, and unfortunately, Oakland choked in the end and lost by uh, a late uh, last-second field goal in Denver. Um, so unfortunately, I didn't catch that ticket uh, on the money line, and I did have it in a, in a parlay I played. So. I'll get over that real quick. 
But this guy had the, the live betting on it, and he goes up there to the counter with an $82,000 ticket, and FanDuel just says, no, this isn't happening. This is a mistake. Uh, must have been a problem with the system. Um, you know, we'll give you your money back. And then that transition to the guy um, going back at them and saying, look, you printed this ticket, and this is what it says. I'm going by this ticket. And it kind of just ended up with FanDuel saying, look, man, we'll give you 500 bucks. We'll give you a couple uh, skybox seats to a Giants game, and we'll call it a deal. Deal? And the guy said, not happening. And they said, fine, then you get nothing. And very smart move by the guy keeping the ticket. That's the moral of the story, in my opinion here. FanDuel tried to get this ticket. Um, they tried to cut a deal with them. Thank God the guy didn't accept that deal um, because... I mean, let's be honest, $82,000 or a couple tickets to a Giants game. I mean, you do the math there. It's, it's a no-brainer. And, and who wants to see the Giants anyway? One of the worst teams in football right now uh, in that horrible offensive line, but we'll get into that later. So now, uh, translating back to me just real quick, I found out about this story late on Sunday night. Uh, one of my buddies who frequents the Meadowlands puts down bets pretty much every other day, he sends me a text at like 11 o'clock and goes, check this out. So I look at the text message, and it's a live ticket on the Broncos for $82,000. So my first initial reaction is, it's his ticket. So I go, oh my God, call me. You just hit this bet? Like, that's crazy. He calls me up. He goes, no, 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 it's not my bet, but the guy let me take a picture of it that I was talking to. So now he tells me the story, and he was like, yeah, FanDuel's just not going to honor it. Wake up now on Monday morning, and I'm saying to myself, I have a picture of this ticket. Should I tweet it out? I feel bad for this guy. But out of respect to the, to the guy, I didn't want to put the ticket out there. I didn't want to break no news story. I didn't want people thinking it was my ticket. And I didn't want somebody to try to take the claim ticket number and try to go to the window and cash it themselves for another teller, you know, something crazy like that. I, I didn't want any of that to happen. So I just let it play out, kind of just kept it to myself and my buddy. I said, look, man, it's such a shame that this guy, and then before I know it, I turn on News 12 New Jersey, and there's the guy with the ticket telling the story to the news. And I said, thank God this guy reached out to somebody, and now he's at least got a news team on his side. Then another story breaks that a kid in Woodland Park um, was using the app and also live bet the Broncos, and he woke up the next morning with $56,000 in his app. And later on in the day, he checks his app again, and the money's taken out. So now he calls up FanDuel, and they're like, yep, it was a glitch. Don't worry about it. We'll give you the money back, blah, 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 blah. And the kid does the same thing, calls News 12 New Jersey, gets them on his side. So now the story starts getting out into Vegas. It starts getting out into national coverage of what's going to happen. And FanDuel releases a statement saying that they're not going to pay a dime. It was a glitch in the system. And there was an 18-second period where if you put in a bet on the Broncos, you were getting back that $82,000 payment, uh, depending on how much you put down. Uh, I think the other kid put 25 to win 50 or something like that. So... Again, FanDuel tried to skate out of it, and hey, good thing that uh, these kids went to the, to the news station because FanDuel had no intention of paying these guys, and he, they didn't care, 
and they tried to cut some ridiculous deal with them uh, that made no sense and the New Jersey gaming division got involved and I'm happy to say that today as of like seven o'clock I think it was or six o'clock um, FanDuel came out and said these guys are gonna get their money it was a mistake we printed the ticket and uh, we're making good on it so Hats off to those guys that, that live bet the game. Again, this wasn't done with any type of intention to screw FanDuel. I think it was just an honest bet of, hey, I'm going to just live bet the Broncos. And that's what came back to them. So they basically hit the lottery. And FanDuel now comes out looking good for paying it. Because if they didn't, that probably could have been a PR disaster. And that kind of would have been the long-running joke that FanDuel will pay people. And it was funny because I went on Monday night and they had a big screen up that said, once all tickets are printed, they are final or something like that. And I got a kick out of that because I said, well, here's a guy with a printed ticket and his final payout is $82,000 and you guys aren't going to pay that out. Yet you have it posted up everywhere that all printed tickets are final. So... Good moral to the story there. FanDuel made good on it. The guys get their money. Um, uh, hopefully they, they figure out those glitches now on the app, uh, you know, because that could be a disaster going forward. But anyway, let's get into the NFL Week 3 slate. And I'm just going to go over real quick because a lot of people ask me, football is very hard to handicap. I don't know how you keep up with it. There's a lot of things going on. Injury reports come out late. Um, you know, there's a lot of public money involved in the NFL compared to like baseball and things like that. So here's the system that I've been using for the last couple years. I start every season out first by making a power ratings list. So I rank all 32 teams from basically the contenders to the middle of the league type teams to the bottom feeders. Then every week, depending on what I just saw or box scores or, you know, just public perception, I'll start moving those teams up and down. So in the first week, I didn't make really any adjustments. You can't really make any adjustments week one. Anything can happen week one. And especially when you get involved with the lines, the lines are pretty much have been out since April, May. Um, and a little bit of movement is made pretty much in week one on the final day. But again, you can't buy too much into week one. Week two now is where you could start seeing things change a little bit. But again, power ratings really didn't change much. Uh, Bears went up a little bit more on my list. Bucks went up a little bit more on my list. Saints went down. Texans went down. Titans went down a little bit. Um, and that's pretty much it. I mean, Buffalo, Arizona, those teams are now at the bottom. Uh, you know, Oakland's kind of down there. Um, but again, power ratings are key. You want to kind of give yourself an idea of if team uh, number one was playing team number 22, what you think a line would be, and you kind of assign just numbers to it and things like that. So moving forward then, what I also do is every Monday, I write down every game, just the game itself. So like this week, New Orleans at Atlanta, and I leave it blank. I put down every game on the board for week three, and all I simply do is next to it, I guess a line. So I come up with a line for a game, 
And then what I do is I check the real line of the actual opening line for the game and I compare it. So just looking real quick at my guessing lines worksheet that I have out here since Monday, it looks like the biggest discrepancy from my lines compared to the actual opening line was Giants at Texans. And it also looks like here I had a little bit of a discrepancy with Chicago. Chicago at Arizona. And it looks like also, too, we'll throw Kansas City in there. Uh, and that's that. So, for instance, let's take a look at Giants at Houston. Houston, 0-2. Giants, 0-2. Uh, I made my line Houston minus 4.5. And I took a look at the opening actual line, and after the Sunday night game, Houston went to six-point favorites. So if I made a line of four and a half, and now I'm getting six, I'm leaning towards the Giants in that game. So again, you can kind of just get a feel for where you think a line should be, and who knows, maybe some of these games, you might have a line where you take it earlier, and then you see it go the other way, and you're getting the best of your number. So that's something to look forward to when you're handicapping the NFL. And then finally, the biggest part of my handicapping, I make a, a, a four-column sheet, and I'm looking at it right now, and I just simply label it NFL, uh, and then whatever the week is. So I'll put on there uh, NFL Week 3 Analysis. And what I do is I have a column for who the favorite is in the game. Then that middle column has three different lines written in there it's the vegas look ahead line which was set way back for every week in the nfl um, you could get that online then i have a, a next to that line is the opening line for the game that was just announced and then right after that i have the current line of what it's currently at right now and i update that every day just to see where the money's going what's changed and then that next column is the underdog column with the, the, the dog's team name there. And obviously, old school way, the team in caps is the home team. So you'll see that on my sheet. And then that last column is my analysis column. And what I do is I break it up into the team name and I write a little, little blurb about them. And usually what's located in that blurb is what we've seen so far, what the team has next week, and pretty much just feelings of what I think about the team. So that's pretty much what I'm going to give you right now on this show. I'm going to give you simply my breakdown and analysis of every game on the NFL Week 3 slate. Uh, bear with me. You're probably going to get annoyed uh, after a while of just hearing me talk, and I'm sure I'm going to be exhausted uh, after I get through this. But... Uh, who knows? Maybe something I like is something you've been kind of kicking around and maybe I gave some sort of a weird angle to you that you might like and uh, hopefully we could, you know, cash some tickets this week together. So without further ado, I will start right now the NFL Week 3 analysis from Brock Landers, yours truly. We'll start here with the first game I have. Uh, obviously, this is being released on a Thursday, so you won't get Jets-Browns. Typically, I never play the Thursday night game. The only angle you'll probably ever see me take 
um, is the home team. And if a rookie head coach is making his debut on Thursday Night Football, that's always a good spot to do the opposite. Anyway, getting into week three, first game on the board, I have the Philadelphia Eagles at home playing the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, the Vegas look-ahead line was Philly minus 10, and I think a big reason for that number was uh, when the look-ahead lines were posted, we didn't know the status of Nick Foles. We didn't know the status of Carson Wentz. We didn't know the status of Andrew Luck. No idea. Uh, this game opened this week at Philly minus 6. It's currently right around Philly minus 6.5 at the time of us doing this show. And I'm looking now on my live app, and it looks like some spots have gone to 7, um, but some spots here still showing 6.5 pretty much around the board. And here's what I got for Philly. They won their debut home opener somehow against Atlanta. Foles and company dropped a game in Tampa last week in very humid conditions. This Eagles team is going to head home with the good news of Carson Wentz starting again. Again, the look-ahead line was 10, which you can't buy much into on this game since there was a lot of uncertainty about both teams' quarterback situations. Obviously, getting Philly at a discount here, I would think. Uh, they do travel next week to Tennessee. Looking at Indianapolis, this team showed up big time in Washington last week. It was an excellent spot to back them. Uh, the Redskins were had too much of an overreaction after beating the Cardinals week one. There was no reason that team should have been laying six points at home. Uh, Arizona is one of the worst teams this year, it looks like. And everybody simply overreacted to a near shutout in week one uh, from Washington on the road. I loved Indy last week. That was one of the bigger games on the board that I had. Uh, so now looking at Indy, uh, there's still dogs here. Uh, they do face another NFC East um, team here on the road. Uh, they'll be coming home next week to face the rival Houston Texans, who are still winless. And the big storyline here in this game, folks, is Frank Reich is returning to Philly. He was the offensive coordinator last year. you got to think he wants to show up big time here playing his former team. I think there's going to be added uh, motivation here from the Colts' side. They looked good last week. Andrew Luck looks like he's back and healthy. Um, I didn't think we would get to seven, but I am starting to see some sevens pop up. Uh, that might be the Carson Wentz hype. But let's not forget, this guy hasn't played in a really long time. Um, the other thing here is he might show some signs of rust. I really like Indy in the first half, and I think I'm going to take the points here uh, for the full game. I think Indy's a better team than people think. I think uh, Philly's going to be taking a few steps back here until Wentz gets his feet under him. And again, I love the added motivation for uh, former offensive coordinator and now head coach of the Colts, Frank Reich, going back into Philly and trying to give them uh, a pretty much you know, good effort out there uh, come Sunday. All right, our next game on the slate here is going to be the Carolina Panthers at home. They'll be playing the Cincinnati Bengals. The look-ahead line here was Carolina minus 6. The line open, Carolina minus 3. 
And currently right now, it looks like I am seeing pretty much still threes across the board. Uh, I am seeing three with some juice on the dog, uh, which means, again, you're going to play a little bit of attacks to get those three points uh, for Cincy. However, if you want to play Carolina with the three, you're kind of getting plus money in some areas right now. Um, so that tells me that, uh, you know, the books, they're going to need maybe Carolina to come in and win this game uh, by three or more. So we'll get to the blurb here on Carolina. They won an ugly week one game at home to the Cowboys. They had a chance last week to tie the game to go into OT at Atlanta. Uh, now they're going to head home to face Cincinnati, who is 2-0. And the Panthers are actually going into their bye week after this game. Uh, tricky game here. You are getting some value uh, when you look at the look-ahead line here on the home favorite. They went from 6-3. to three. But has Carolina really showed us anything that makes me want to back them and lay points with this team? Um, I'm not high on Dallas at all. I don't think that was a very signature win for Carolina. I like Cam Newton. I think he'll give you a good game every time he's out there. You know he's going to put up effort. But I don't know. That, that team just something doesn't look right there. And I just don't think I could lay points with them. Um, and I'll get into Cincinnati right now. Uh, they come into this one with a nice road win in Indy week one. Which now looks legit after seeing Indy go into Washington and Andrew Luck looking pretty good. And Cincy last week, they handled the Ravens at home on Thursday night. So they've got a, some extra rest going into this game in Carolina. And uh, they're going to be traveling again next week to another NFC South opponent in Atlanta. Um, so two weeks on the road now for Cincy. And we're going to really see what this Bengals team is all about, basically, by the end of this month. Um, out of these next two games, I think they show up here for this one. They're well-rested. They've got plenty of time to study. And again, Carolina is easily the worst of the two teams uh, comparing here with Atlanta. Um, so again, I think Marvin Lewis and company, uh, I think they're a live dog come this Sunday. Next game on the slate here, we've got the Jacksonville Jaguars going home again here to play the rival Tennessee Titans. Uh, the look ahead here was Jacksonville minus five. It looks like uh, some spots here still are showing that this game is off the board. I guess there's still some uncertainty of who is going to be starting for Tennessee. And that's why we are getting no line really at this game. Um, so here's what I have. Jacksonville. They played a huge home game last week in a playoff revenge angle against the Patriots. Now they're going to play a divisional rival Titans team who just got their first win last week for Coach Mike Vrabel. Um, so both teams are coming off pretty emotional games. Um, Jacksonville has no idea who they're going to play at QB, but it's really not going to matter uh, whether you go with Blaine Gabbert or a banged-up Marcus Mariota. Um, they're going to stay home next week, too, to play the Jets. Uh, for Tennessee, it was an ugly win for these guys at home last week. They did beat the rival Texans, though. Uh, Gabbert was in there. Vrabel won his first game, as I just mentioned. Uh, but this is a big step up in class here for this team. Um, they're going to face a team who just played a major emotional game at home. Uh, I really don't like these type of games, to be honest with you guys. Um, whenever you have uncertainty of a quarterback and there's no line or you see a line come out, go off the board, 
I usually try to avoid those games. There's just so much uncertainty. Even the bookmakers have no idea who's playing in these games. So for me, usually it's a throwaway game. And if you look last week, that Houston game was off the board for a while because nobody knew who was going to start for both teams. And then a huge rush of Texans money came in. And a lot of my friends, people were texting me, love Houston this week, uh, major line move, blah, 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 blah. No, the thing is, everybody heard Blaine Gabbert was going to start, and they immediately said, oh, let's just bet against him. This is going to be an easy game. When in reality, now you're getting the home dog because everybody's taking the Texans, and you got a good number on, on Tennessee. So again, be careful of those type of games where they take them off the board and there's uncertainty of who's starting, who's not starting. Uh, again, perfect example last week, Aaron Rodgers. Uh, that game was a mess for the books uh, last week. Some places had it down. The Super Contest, they put out a line of like seven for the for the Packers being at home, uh, getting points. So, again, be very wary of those lines going off boards and key injuries like that. We'll get into our next game here. We've got the Atlanta Falcons playing at home against the division rival New Orleans Saints. Look ahead line on this game was Atlanta minus three. Opened up Atlanta minus three and a half and quickly moved back to Atlanta minus three. Um, here's real quick about Atlanta. This team should be 2-0 going into this game. They had a horrible loss in Philly week one and made easy work of Carolina last week. Although Carolina did show up in the end there to try to make it a game. Uh, but the Falcons just came out in the second half. They looked like a much better team. Um, so now they're going to face another uh, NFC South rival in the Saints who come into this game not looking like the Saints we saw last year at all. Uh, these games generally tend to be pretty tight, and there's usually an advantage for the home team. Uh, the Bengals do come in next week for Atlanta. Uh, we'll switch over now to New Orleans. This team almost entered this game 0-2. Uh, they miraculously caught a huge break at home last week with Cleveland shanking an extra point, and then eventually the Saints took a lead. Now they're going to travel away from the Superdome, which I think is only going to help this team. Let's not forget, the Saints were asked the first week to cover a 9.5-point spread against a very good Tampa team with Ryan Fitzpatrick, who just lit up the defense inside the Dome. And then they were asked last week, same thing, to win a game by almost double digits against the Browns. Here's the first time in the season. They're not asked to lay points. They're on the road. Might be good to get away from the Dome. I think they get back on track here. They're going to go to New York next week to play the lowly Giants. I really think this is a great spot for New Orleans. I like New Orleans again uh, here to take the points, and I would even play the money line. I think they win this game outright. I think Atlanta is still, uh, that offense is still not right. Um, they did play good last week, but again, Steve Sarkeesian just scares me, and I think this is more of a, a, a good spot to back the Saints uh, getting away from the Dome and not laying points. We'll move into our next game here. Baltimore will be hosting the Denver Broncos. Baltimore, the look-ahead line was 5.5, laying 5.5 for Baltimore. The line opened at Baltimore minus 4.5. And, and currently here, it looks like I'm starting to see 
uh, pretty much fives now. Fives, couple five and a half still out there, which means maybe some money came in on Denver a little bit at some books. Um, but here's what I have written up about Baltimore. Well, we saw that first home win against Buffalo meant absolutely nothing. Buffalo, the worst club, and that win really didn't mean a thing for the Ravens. Uh, then the Ravens lost on Thursday night football last week to the rival Bengals in Cincinnati. Now they come here back home on extra rest, and they're going to face a pretty decent Denver team who's 2-0. Um, Denver's wins, though, I mean, they beat a rebuilding Seattle team in week one, and they had to come from behind last week on a last-second field goal, which we talked about already, to beat Oakland at home. Um I think folks are going to be backing Denver here just because they're 2-0. Um, I kind of like Baltimore in this spot, but I don't love them. I don't want to really lay points with this Ravens offense and Joe Flacco. If it was three, maybe, uh, but at five and a half, kind of a dead number. Um, the one thing that does scare me, though, about this Ravens team, they do have a major Sunday night football game on deck against the Steelers. Um on the road so that's a big game to look into uh, they might want to just get out of this one with a W and move on uh, here's Denver not really impressed with this team not a Case Keenum guy they barely held on to beat Seattle uh, they took a last second field goal rally to beat Oakland they're gonna be catching five on the road it'll be juicy uh, for a 2-0 and team I think the public's gonna eat that up and go wow uh, this team's 2-0 and and they are Getting not enough respect probably for a 2-0 team. Um, but now they are leaving for the East Coast. And by the way, they do play the Chiefs on Monday Night Football next week. And that might be a big game for the division standings, especially if both teams are 3-0 going into that one. Um, but this could be a sandwich look-ahead type spot for them. Uh, they might get caught in between here. Um, never really good to play a rival, go on the road, and then play a rival again uh, you know, next week. So I think I like Baltimore in this spot, but again, not going to be one of my top plays or it's just pretty much a lean right now. That'll now bring us over to the Houston Texans at home playing the New York Giants. Uh, the Houston look ahead on this game was Houston minus six. It looks like it eventually opened at Houston minus six and it's pretty much painted Houston minus six. So here's what I have for Houston. Houston, what the hell do you do with this game? Houston is laying six at home, which seems like a nightmare of a situation. They lost the first game to New England, which I can understand. Then they blew a game in Tennessee to Blaine Gabbert last week. Now they're going to face a dismal, pathetic Giants offensive line. Uh, they should get back on track here, but I'm just not sold on laying six with an inconsistent team at home. Uh, they also traveled to the rival Colts next week. And correct me if I am wrong, but this is the second, uh, I'm sorry, this is the first uh, home game for the Texans. So they're going to be hyped up. Bill O'Brien's going to say, it's now or never, guys. You're playing at home. Uh, this is a game we need to win. Um, but for the Giants, this may be a good time to buy them at a very low point. Uh, they've looked terrible on offense pretty much all season, and there's no reason why it should change and get any better this week facing this Houston Texans team. Um, the Giants, they're going to host the Saints next week at MetLife. 
but if there is a winnable game in this brutal first half for this team, it might be this one. I'm expecting a full-out effort. This might be a shootout. Um, don't forget, the public isn't going to want anything to do with this Giants team. They watched Sunday Night Football. They saw the horror that was the Giants offense. Defense played pretty good, but that offensive line looks terrible, and it seems like they really are having problems trying to score and get down the field. Looking now into our next game, we've got the Miami Dolphins hosting the Oakland Raiders. The look-ahead line was Miami minus one and a half. The game this week opened up at Miami minus three. And it looks like currently we are still pretty much in the three area. Uh, there might have been a couple three and a halfs out there, but it just looks like pretty much three at this point. Uh, so Miami, they're 2-0, and I'm not surprised at all. They face a quirky Raiders team who looked good uh, against Denver last week and should have probably won. Uh, the Dolphins are coming off a road win in New York. I do like Miami here. However, this is the first time they're being asked to lay points, uh, which is never really a, a, an angle I like to back when a team that goes from dog to favorite quickly. Um, but they are home, and last week... Um, I heard nothing but horror stories in Jacksonville and Tampa about the weather uh, being very hot and humid. Uh, so now we'll look at Oakland here. They rebounded big time from the second half funk that they were in uh, week one on Monday Night Football against the Rams. However, I'm a little bit worried here. They went from mile high altitude to high temperatures now in Miami. Uh, the Browns come into town next week. This is a tough game. I like Miami here at home, but again, laying the points. That does scare me a little bit, and I don't really like the Raiders here in this spot. They have to come East Coast. They're going to be playing in a really hot climate, played in altitude last week, um, and I don't know. This, this game's a little bit iffy for me right now. That brings us to our next game. Green Bay will be road favorites, a short road favorite in Washington playing the Redskins. Green Bay look-ahead line, minus three. This game opened up this week at three, and we're pretty much three and even some two and a halfs out there right now um, going around. So that means that there is some money here on Washington. And hey, why not? You're getting a home dog here um, in Washington. Green Bay, this team has played an insane two first games of the season. You could easily make the case for being... Uh, 0-2 here. Let's not forget, week one, Rodgers leaves the game. Uh, the Bears look phenomenal. And then Rodgers comes out of the locker room, somehow wins the game. And then last week, they go in through a shootout uh, at home and end up tying. They played five quarters against the Vikings. Nobody won. I'm not shocked by this line because the public is going to always want to back Aaron Rodgers. He's one of the best quarterbacks in the league, and Green Bay is a public team. So I'm not surprised at this line. But this Packers team played two tough games to start off, and uh, both against division rivals. Next week, they're going to get a cupcake game with uh, the Bills coming into Lambeau. That line could be 20. Who knows by that point. Uh, and now we'll take a look at Washington. Uh, the Arizona win looks meaningless. 
just like the Ravens win over the Bills looks meaningless. Um, last week, the public and even bookmakers, I guess, uh, invited them into a trap. That was an awful overreaction to the Redskins' week one win. No way that line should have been six, um, especially at home laying six with the Redskins uh, against Andrew Luck. I, I still don't get that. Um, but now they stay at home to face a, I would imagine, a pretty banged-up, tired Green Bay team. Uh, who went all out the last two weeks, and they're barely, um, you know, at 1-0-1. Oh, uh, also, the good thing here, too, the Redskins' bye week comes up. So, everything here points to Washington for me. I'm going to take a shot with the Skins here. Um, three points, I would take it. Uh, might even want to take some money line uh, just to upset there. And who knows, you might get some people knocked out in Survivor that take Green Bay this week. That brings us to our next game on the slate. That will be the Minnesota Vikings. They'll be laying points at home to the Buffalo Bills. Look ahead line on this game, Minnesota minus 10. It opened up this week, Minnesota minus 16. And currently, we are still pretty much painted around 16 and a half, some 17s out there. So, let's get into this game. Minnesota. They handled Jimmy Garoppolo and played a wild, crazy game with Green Bay last week, which ended up in a tie after five quarters. Now they're going to come home for a cupcake game. But they here's the key in this whole thing. They play the Rams on short rest this Thursday in Los Angeles. If there was ever a backdoor cover opportunity, it's this game. And it's also a sandwich spot. They just played... A really good division rival on the road. And then they're going to have to play a Super Bowl contender team in the Rams on short rest away. And also, too, you go by the book and what they tell you. You never want to lay double digits on a team in the NFL. The book says you just don't do it more times than not. I'm not saying it can't happen. But value-wise, you just don't do it. Especially in a situation like this, I only am looking Buffalo here. Buffalo, horrible performance at home last week. But hey, Josh Allen is still an upgrade to me over Nate Peterman. And at least Allen got some points on the board, got his feet wet, uh, kind of has an idea of what the NFL game looks like now. And you know maybe he's getting to a point where uh, they might hang in this game. He may get some garbage TDs in the end. It's a tough task against Minnesota, but uh, the NFC North theme will continue for the Bills next week as they play the Packers. Moving into our next game here, the Kansas City Chiefs, red hot. They're going to come home to Arrowhead for the first time this season. They'll be laying the points against the San Francisco 49ers. This game opened up Chiefs minus three. Uh, that was the look ahead line. I'm sorry. The look ahead line was KC minus three. Then this week, this game opened up at Kansas City minus four. It's already up to six and a half. So this tells me that people are pounding the Chiefs and this line is going up, up, and up. KC, obviously, they're the talk of the NFL right now. More importantly, Patrick Mahomes. He's a rookie. He's setting the world on fire. 
They won two road games to start their uh, to start his career. Now they're going home to a crazy Arrowhead environment. Uh, the crowd's going to be going wild. However, they are going to go to Denver next week again uh, for a first-place matchup, which I would imagine. Uh, this may be a good backdoor spot for the 49ers, and this line may even get higher by kickoff. Uh, everyone's going to be taking them in teasers, parlays. Uh, the, the line's only going to go up, I feel. I think we might get a 7. However, we might get to a point where if that 7 comes up, the Sharps and Smart Betters are going to take that 7 points with the Niners and give it a shot, and the book will adjust back to 6.5. Uh, looking at the Niners, I kind of like what they've done so far. Uh, they came into this season high expectations, major target on their back. Uh, they gave Mini, uh, Minnesota a pretty decent game uh, in Week 1. That game was a lot closer than the box score indicated. Uh, they did have some costly turnovers, but they were kind of in that game more than people think. And then they won last week at home against the Lions. They didn't cover it, but again, that was a spot where everybody was betting against the Lions from what they saw in that awful Monday night performance against the Jets. Um, look, this Niners team, they know that teams are coming for them, but they're competitive. Um, you, if, getting, if you can get seven, it's a must-play for me. The Niners are going to be uh, facing the Chargers in Los Angeles next week. Speaking of those Chargers, we'll get to them right now. So the Los Angeles Rams are going to be facing the Los Angeles Chargers. This will be a home game for the Rams. Uh, the look-ahead line here was Rams minus 3.5. Right now, it looks like the line opened here, uh, Rams minus 7. And we're still pretty much, it looks like here, consensus, uh, yeah, we're still pretty much painted seven across the board here. Uh, I've got no real beef with the number. Uh, we'll start with the Rams, though, here first. There's no question this team's legit. However, this is going to be their first test of the season. Oakland and Arizona, they're both bottom feeders. Uh, nothing you could really take away here from the Rams in those first two games. This is their first competitive game. Uh, there was Super Bowl aspirations for the Chargers uh, going into the season. So again, this is a major test for the Rams here at home. And again, they, they this Rams team, they've got a huge Thursday night football game on deck against the Vikings. Uh, they'll be home for that one, but again... Short rest, and they're going to be playing a NFC contending team uh, in the Vikings. This has backdoor cover and look ahead all over it. So a similar spot, just like that Bills game uh, for uh, for the Vikings. We'll move now to the Chargers analysis real quick. Um, look, they got smacked in the mouth week one as favorites uh, at home, and they ran into the Pat Mahomes show. Andy Reid had all year to prepare for that game. No Joey Bosa. Um, so, again, uh, the Chargers got surprised. And it's never good to lay points with the Chargers, uh, historically. Phillip Rivers, you never know what you're going to get out of this guy. However, they answered back last week with a nice cover in the East Coast time zone. Uh, this is a major test for this team as well to see if they really are Super Bowl contenders. This is a big game. 
being dogs makes me like them, and I certainly uh, see a ton of line movement in the Chargers' favor. So you're not getting four, you're not getting five, you're not getting six, you're getting seven right now. Uh, so that's a good number. Um, not sure what really changed exactly. I don't know what people really saw out of a dominating Oakland and uh, Arizona game from, from the Rams, what really makes this line go that crazy. Um, but also the Chargers are going to be playing the Niners next week. Again, I'm looking at the dog here in the Chargers. That brings us to our next game on the schedule. The Chicago Bears are going to fly out to Arizona. The look-ahead line here was Arizona minus one. Uh, looks like this week Chicago opened up as five-and-a-half-point favorites, and they're pretty much staying right around that five-and-a-half number. I believe there was some sixes out there at some point. Um, so we'll talk about the Bears real quick. Uh, they beat Seattle on Monday Night Football. This is their second uh, straight back-to-back primetime game that they just finished. So, again, they played the Packers week one on Sunday night football, came back last week and played the Seahawks uh, at home on Monday night football. Um, so now they're being asked to travel out west uh, to play this Cardinals team. And let's, uh, let's move now into this. Uh, now... This is an interesting spot. The Bears are asked to lay more than a field goal on the road. There's a lot of respect here. Uh, a lot of this goes to Khalil Mack. Since they've gotten Khalil Mack from week one, the public's kind of been uh, looking at them more, and so have the Sharps. Um, but now they're being asked to, to be a pretty big road favorite here. Um, so again, this is an unfamiliar uh, role for Mitch Trubisky and company. And next week they're going to go home to face the Bucks. And they're going to be on short rest for this game. Arizona, this team just died last week, did nothing with the ball against the Rams, which isn't shocking. The Rams are a really good team. Um, but the Cardinals, they simply can't score. They can't do much of anything with the ball when they get it. Uh, they're probably going to be home dogs for a, a lot of games this year. Um, but there's a lot of good things going in their favor here too. This is a great time to buy them at a low point. They just got destroyed. They're going back home. They still haven't won a game for their new head coach. Um, this is this is a good spot, I think, for the Cardinals, if, especially if you can get six. Um, it might get to a point again where, like the, uh, the Chiefs-Niners game, if it gets up to that next number, you'll probably get some more sharp movement uh, there to bring it back down. Um, but Seattle is going to come into town next week. Um, I think this is a good spot for the Cardinals. Moving on, the Seattle Seahawks will be hosting the Dallas Cowboys. Look ahead line here was Seattle minus one and a half. Uh, this game ended up opening this week at Dallas, laying one on the road. And that quickly moved to Seattle minus one, minus one and a half, pretty much around uh, all the spots right now. Seattle, they started the season with two pretty tough road games, if you ask me. Um, they went in the first week to Denver, played in high altitude, and kept that game close. And then obviously we, we saw Monday night. They played in Chicago under the bright lights of Monday night football. And 
if you watch that game, Seattle was pretty much in it the entire time. They just couldn't really do anything with the ball. And what really stood out the most in that game, which was the difference maker, was the pick six. No doubt about it. If they don't pick that ball off and run it back for six, uh, Seattle's in this game. So this might be a really nice spot, I think, for Seattle. They're coming home. They're now... They've got the two brutal road trip games off the schedule. They come home, and they're going to be facing uh, a pretty dismal Dallas team. I'll get into them momentarily. Um, and they also, the Seahawks team, will be playing the Cardinals next week. So I think you're getting some good value here on Seattle. Um, maybe this line gets to three by Sunday. Uh, maybe there is an influx of Seattle money. So if you like Seattle, I, I might just play them on the money line. I think that last time I saw they were like minus 125, minus 130. Uh, pretty good to just win the game. For Dallas, uh, they played two back-to-back -back ugly games this season. Uh, from what I've seen, this team's got a lot of trouble scoring. And now they're hitting the road. Um, they're home next week to the Lions. I know they beat the Giants last week on Sunday Night Football, and they are Dallas, so they're going to get the public money, and people are going to want to bet the Cowboys, um, and they see it in a rebuilding Seattle team. But I just want no part of this Dallas team. I just Their wide receiving core is horrible, and you know their defense is decent, but I just don't see it. I just don't like this Cowboys team. Uh, there's really nothing I see here. I like Seattle in this game. That'll bring us now to Sunday Night Football. The New England Patriots are going into Detroit as road favorites. Not shocking there at all. And the look-ahead line here was New England minus 4. And it looks like this line opened up at Patriots minus 6.5. And, and it looks like we've gone to 7 in some spots here. So people and the public betting the, the Patriots here on the road on Monday Night Football. Um, and look, I'm going to break down both sides of this game. Um, and ultimately, I can't really make a play here, but let me break it down for you. So, the Patriots. They defeated old familiar face Bill O'Brien at home in Week 1. And then they dropped a game last week in Jacksonville. But that was a tough game, okay? That was a playoff revenge angle for Jacksonville. They had that game circled on their calendars. That was the team that ended their season coming into their building. And let's face it, again, the weather. It's the beginning of the football season. These teams aren't in great shape yet. They're still getting into game mode here preseason. Some teams don't even take it seriously. Uh, the Patriots played in a very, very humid temperature in Jacksonville last week. Detroit, what else can you say about this team? An awful home debut on Monday Night Football, losing to the Jets for Matt Patricia. Then the team went out west last week and played a great game with Sam Fran. They covered the number. They showed up for that game with a much better effort than they had on Monday night. Um... This is a big one, though, here for Matt Patricia. He's facing his mentor, Bill Belichick. Uh, Detroit may keep this thing competitive to start this game, or uh, you never know with Belichick. He might run up the score on Patricia. Um, historically, it seems that former uh, Bill Belichick assistants come to play, and they can game plan pretty good, but 
I could be way off on this. Uh, here's the thing. I don't like laying points on the road, especially on a Sunday um, a Sunday night game. And with the, the storylines here, uh, it's just a game that I'm probably going to stay away from. You don't get rich betting against the Patriots. Um, seven is enticing. I doubt we get to seven and a half. Um, so again, this might just be a game I stay away from. And now moving to our last game on the slate here. Pittsburgh Steelers going to Tampa. Uh, the look-ahead line here on this game was Pittsburgh minus four. This game opened up this week at Pittsburgh minus two. And we're pretty much down to Pitt minus one or Pitt minus one and a half. Can't wait to break this game down shortly here. Uh, Pittsburgh. Perhaps the most intriguing game on this week's slate. Here's a Steelers team who, like the Packers, has a tie on their record, and they went life and death last week in a shootout with the Kansas City Chiefs. The Chiefs came into Heinz Field one outright. Patrick Mahomes did his thing. Uh, now the Steelers team goes to Tampa to face another hot QB in Ryan Fitzpatrick. Uh Pittsburgh, though, this might be a nice buy-low spot for them. Um, we know what happened first week. No Le'Avion Bell. They played a, a jacked-up Browns team at home um, who took them to overtime. Game ended in a tie. They come back the next week for their home opener. They run into Pat Mahomes, who's been tearing apart secondaries now for two weeks straight. Um, and again, Pittsburgh's defense, not the greatest. And now you're getting Antonio Brown uh, things coming out of camp that he might want to get traded. Uh, he, he always is somehow involved with something controversial at, at weird points in the season, it seems like. So, again, uh, who knows what you get out of the Steelers team. But you got to think Mike Tomlin saying, guys, we're on the road. It's Monday Night Football. We should easily be 0-2 right now. This is our season right here. Uh, show up for Tampa. Um, who knew that Ryan Fitzmagic, <laughs> Ryan Fitzpatrick, or Fitzmagic as some people call him, uh, would be running wild here in early September? Uh, a lot of people were worried when Jameis Winston went down with the suspension, uh, but Fitzpatrick, he is an NFL journeyman. He's a uh, very competable. Uh, uh, backup starter in the league he can run an offense and he showed it uh he beat a saints team that was stunned in new orleans week one and uh last week he knocked off the defending super bowl champions at home um we won't get a key number on this game sadly on monday night football of maybe three or more obviously but um this tampa team's playing with a lot of confidence they're gonna be home uh, on Monday Night Football, which is always a good spot to back a team. Um, but And this defense for Pittsburgh is pretty subpar. The Bucks are going to go to Chicago next week. For me, I'm going to take the Steelers here. I just think you're getting some value here on a normally very public team because people are just betting what they see with Fitzpatrick right now. Uh, so it's Pittsburgh for me. So just to recap real quick here, here's the games that I like. Uh, no surprise, a lot of dogs. I love betting the dogs. I've got Pittsburgh, though, on Monday night. 
laying some points, one, one and a half. Uh, I'm skipping the Sunday night football game. I love the Cardinals this week at home getting points. I love the Seahawks laying a short amount at home. Uh, I love the Chargers getting seven against the Rams. I like uh, San Francisco if you can get maybe seven at, at Arrowhead. That's a good spot for them. Um, I also like... Uh, I don't really love anything there again in Houston or New York. Uh, that's a game I, I kind of don't want any part of. Uh, Cincinnati, I think that's a good value there on a good team uh, on the road. Uh, then you go here pretty much... I like Buffalo. You just got to take all those points, especially if you're going to get 17 points here. That's a good good number to play with, obviously. Uh, I also like Indianapolis. Frank Reich going back to Philly. Uh, I like Washington at home getting three. And I also like the Saints getting three. So a lot of, lot of dogs there. A couple favorites sprinkled in. Um, but hey... Hopefully I helped somebody out here uh, listening to this on a side uh, that they might be looking at. Or maybe they've, they're having some trouble with some games and maybe I threw something out there in that analysis that you liked. Um, but feel free. Debate all you'd like. Uh, <laughs> send me a question of anything I said if you had uh, no idea what I was talking about or uh, look ahead line type stuff and all that. Um, but another key thing just to watch out for here early, and I posted this uh, on Twitter yesterday, a great article from our friend Bill Krakenberger. Um, he's a must-follow on Twitter, but he had a great article. He said it's the NFL. It's one of the hardest things to handicap. People see that it's a Sunday. They've got their fantasy team, their survivor uh, football on all day. Don't go crazy with it. Try to isolate a couple games that you like. Look, it happened to me last week. I'll be honest with you. I liked a lot of games, and I overbet. I overbet the teams that lost, unfortunately. I had some nice dogs win outright last week. Uh, the Colts, the Dolphins, uh, the Browns, they kept it close uh, in New Orleans there. The Raiders, those were all nice games, but unfortunately, I overbet the Cardinals, I overbet the Giants, and I overbet uh, Buffalo. So you could have a good week, but if your bet sizing isn't right, you're going to lose money. Um, so the end of the end of the day, you just got to try to pick a couple games that you like. Don't get carried away. And the NFL has a real easy way to bring you back down to earth. Just when you think you figured it out, the NFL kicks your ass the next week. So tread lightly. Hopefully you guys could cash some tickets. I'm running out of breath uh, right now and a voice. Um, that's just going to about do it for this week's episode of Cashing Out. Please make sure you rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes. As always, if you have any questions, feel free to hit me up on Twitter at BrockLanders41. Until next time, this has been another episode of Cashing Out, a New Jersey sports betting podcast.